Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Bush Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... You guys have been an amazing audience so far. You guys have shown so much love to the, the first through third ones. I, I just ask you can show just as much love to the person I'm about to bring up. Uh, she is a journalist. She has formerly worked for the New York Times. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Lisa Suhey. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Oh, yeah. That can so go away right now. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? All right, for the podcast, let the record show this is a white female, middle-class American, Eastern European descent wearing a hijab. And so my first question is, can everybody see me? Yes. You sure about that? <laughs> I, I asked this with very good reason, okay? Because a year ago, I converted to Islam. And we'll get into that later. Um, so rather than talking about sight or foresight or hindsight, although there's a lot of that at this point, um, I'm going to talk about no sight and being completely invisible because the minute I put this baby on, people stopped seeing me. And I was not prepared for that. I really was ready, you know, for, for them to just bring it on. I was, I was ready. I had all my answers ready. I was ready for people to look at me and see me and say, why are you wearing that or engage with me? But instead, it's like, it's like middle school when people like, you know, we're like going to pretend you weren't there, and that's like the shade that they gave you. So, like, I used to be able to just walk down the street and be like a very like eye contacty person, like, "Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you?" And now it's like, "Hi, hi, 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 hi," which is really bad when you want to cross a street because, like, normally you cross the street. And the cars come in and you do that little thing that we do, like, you know, they see you and you make sure they see you, right? You do that little, like, nod, you're there, I'm here, okay, I'm walking. Now it's like, you're there, I'm here, I'm, hey, I'm here, hey, I'm here, hey, I'm here, I'm here, hey! And I'm from New York City, so, like, eventually we get to, I'm walking here! <laughs> and I've been trying, I've been wrestling with this for an entire year, trying to figure this out, and then... You know, I'm also a children's book author, so I do an awful lot of reading. And one of my favorite books was written by Douglas Adams. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, so if you're familiar with the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know about a somebody else's problem field. Okay, so that's basically for those of you who don't know. It's human beings have this proclivity for basically trying to avoid conflict and avoid dealing with things that freak us out things that we don't like, things that we don't understand, things that we don't want to understand, we kind of do this. It's like, okay, thank you. Okay, that's nice. Yes, okay, fine, thank you. <laughs> so what a, a somebody else's problem field does is it just amplifies that. So the theory is that with an SEP, when you're a pro, you call it an SEP. With an SEP, you could basically land an alien spacecraft in the middle of a cricket match and no one would see it because they'd be all trying so hard not to see it that they couldn't see it, be invisible. <laughs> now I want you to imagine if one of those was hijab-powered. 
I think I'm on to something here. I really think that if we want to not deal with Mexico at all, you could just line up a lot of women in hijabs along the border. And, like, they could all come in because, like, not only would we not see them, we wouldn't see Mexico. <laughs> so a lot of weird things happen when, when one side of a relationship becomes purposefully invisible and they didn't choose to be. I mean, you can really act out, and I've tried not to do that. Um, and I've tried to understand. Um, and people ask me, like, I should have known this was going to happen. Okay, I had a warning. You could call it a sign from God in the form of a seven-year-old little Pakistani girl who was super sassy. And about a year ago, she saw, she, like, read the playing field, and she said, oh, this one's going to convert. And she said, she came up to me, and she looks at me, and we're at the mosque, and she looks at me as only a little girl who's seven years old can do. She's like, are you crazy? You want to become a Muslim? Do you know how hard it is to be a Muslim? If I could get out of it, I would totally get out of it. Just like, you have to wear the hijab. I'm like, well, you know, there's like no hijab police. You don't have to wear a hijab. It's a personal choice. It's like, you have not met my mother. <laughs> I said, in point of fact, I have. You've got a point there. Okay, you get that one. <laughs> totally true. Um, and she said, yeah, but like, you know, you have to pray five times a day. Five times a day. And then you got to wash before you pray. And you got up at like 5.30 in the morning to pray five times a day. She's really really hype about the five times a day thing. And then there's Ramadan, and you have to fast through Ramadan. You, know, you can't eat, you can't drink from sunup to sundown. I'm like, okay, okay. And so at this point, you're wondering, why did she do this? Okay, I was not religion shopping. I wasn't. There are people who are like, they, people look at me, and they see different things. Like, if they see me at all, once they finally decide it's okay to see me, they see a woman who's crazy, who's, like, got emotional issues, who, you know, had some kind of weird thing happen, or, like, you know, we kidnapped and everything. So uh, it, it's, like, it's really hard for them to understand. And I tried to help people understand, and I say, okay, so what happened just a little over a year ago that could have freaked people out? Okay, so there's an election, and I look at it like this. Now, there were lots of very deep emotional issues. There were reasons why I converted, you know, and, and my arm's too short to box with Allah or God or anyone, you know, pick a name. But, you know, I kind of look at it like this. Like in, in the Twilight books, right, when, when, when there were a lot of vampires happening, right, they, <laughs> yeah. There are some big vampires happening. So when the vampires started, you know, growing in number, this whole native tribe, they just all started turning into werewolves to protect, right? <laughs> so I figure... I mean, I'm in Norfolk, Virginia. Come on, they needed more Muslims who spoke English and would get up on a stage in a hijab and talk to people. Um, but there, there are some really big downsides to what people choose to see about you, what they think they're seeing about you. For example, as a children's book author, I just had all the funding pulled for my new children's book. It's a book about how Virginia was the first Thanksgiving. And I had sent in to this committee, it's a state committee, you know, the book, they'd seen it a million times, they'd approved it, they were going to write the check. Then I, I got really too smart for my own good. I made like a little video where I narrated it, and I sent it to them on YouTube. Oops. Big oops. 
huge oops because they saw my profile picture. Everybody saw my profile picture. They may have even seen me like speaking at a rally downtown in a hijab, you know. And all of a sudden they told me that they can't fund the book. They can't fund the book because it's too politically charged. It's about children and Thanksgiving in Virginia. It's too politically charged. And the man who's the head of the committee called me up and he was yelling at me. This man had been so respectful and nice and everything to me. He said, well, you didn't tell us everything we needed to know about you. I said, well, what did you need to know about me? I mean, I've met with you, you know, and the tumblers were falling. I figured out what the problem was because nothing had changed about the book. The only thing that had changed was that they figured out that the author was a Muslim, right? And I said, I went to your board meetings in a hijab for hours. Where's the mystery? And he was really sputtering. This is a man. He's in his 70s. He has a Make America hat. I know. (laughs) You think my hat's bad, right? (laughs) So here's this guy, and he is, like, on the other end of the phone, but I I can see him through the phone in my mind's eye. I see this man, and I see his face getting blotchy and red, and he's sputtering and spittles flying into the phone, because you can hear that. You really can. iPhones are just that good. And, and he's saying to me, well, you know, I, I thought you had cancer. He thought, he thought I had cancer. Okay. Well, wasn't that nice of him? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think. He said, I felt sorry for you. I said, I feel really sorry for you. So it's a two-way street thing. It's a Muslim thing. I feel really sorry that when you look at me, Now that you can see me, either way that you see me, all you see is cancer. I either have it or I am it. So there's a perfectly lovely children's book that's not getting made at the moment because its author either has or is cancer. More on that later. Um... And so why, why do this? Why continue to do this? I mean, I keep asking myself this day after day as I look in the mirror and I walk out and my husband makes the same joke every day for a year. I'm walking out and he says, are you wearing your masquerade costume? <laughs> yeah. I am. But, but for the record... What I see every time I look at a person who doesn't get that I'm not cancer and who doesn't get that I don't have cancer is an opportunity to cure them of the cancer that seems to be eating away at the eyesight of so many people in our community. And the way I decided to do that tonight, thanks to Deb, 
was to stand in what effectively is Muslim hell, where everybody is like, you know, drinking alcohol, eating hot dogs. (laughs) Swearing and talking about multiple sex partners. (laughs) So I hope everyone can see me now. I hope everyone's heard me now. Thank you for the opportunity. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org. We will find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.